when you compete at a high level, it's hard to, to let that go. And coaching has brought me back to where I still feel like I'm competing a little bit, but I'm competing trying to get these kids better. Welcome to episode 253 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. Despite it being November and the season being over, it's been a busy week for baseball news in our province, and it starts with a tidbit from us. This year, we felt like a broken record talking about how each month has been a banner month, and now we can claim it's been a banner year. We've now eclipsed 50,000 page views in a year for the first time ever, so thank you so much for checking out our website. We've also surpassed 10,000 podcast downloads for the first time in a year, so thank you again for listening to any or all of the episodes we put out this year and in past years. It truly means the world to us to have the support of the baseball community here in Alberta. And it's not just on the stat sheets either. Our Ian Wilson has penned a candid story about the year of learning his family has had as his son Kingsley was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. While they are a baseball family, the Wilsons also found solace at the field through an unexpected source. Brooks Bomber slugger Eric Radichick. Head to our website to read that story. On to some of the other big news of the week. Big congratulations to Dogs Academy and Okotoks Dogs product Matt Lloyd on being named the Baseball Canada Men's National Team Most Valuable Player. Baseball Canada held its annual awards in St. John's recently, which also saw Zoe Hicks named the Women's National Team MVP. Hicks has served as a coach at Absolute Baseball Academy and with the Calgary Bucks. Speaking of Baseball Canada, they've named a few more locations for upcoming national championships over the next three years. Fort McMurray is once again going to be on the big stage by hosting the 18U Nationals in both 2025 and 2026. The community is fresh off hosting the 13U National Westerns and the 18U Nationals this past summer and will be welcoming the Baseball Canada Cup to town in 2024. On the scheduling front, the Western Canadian Baseball League has released its itinerary for the 2024 campaign. Opening day is slated for May 24th with several games on the docket. The All-Star Game goes in Okotoks July. July 20th, the season wraps August 5th, and the playoffs are set for August 7th through 17th. Congratulations to Vauxhall Academy grad Damiano Palmagiani and Dogs Academy grad Justin King on winning the Arizona Fall League Championship with a surprise to Garros. For his efforts this fall, Palmagiani was also named to the All-Arizona Fall League team. Congrats as well to AHP Academy product Eric Sabrowski, who also had a great showing during the fall with Peoria Javelinas. We're hoping to catch up with all three in the weeks ahead. Palmagiani's roommate in Vauxhall, Adam Mako, appears to be not going anywhere anytime soon. The Toronto Blue Jays have added him to their 40-man roster, meaning he will not be exposed for the upcoming Rule 5 draft. And finally, there have been a ton of commitments in recent weeks, including some big Division One signings with Alberta ties. Weber Academy's Simon Baker is heading to Gonzaga University. Dogs Academy's Eric Hartman is going to the University of Michigan. And his Dogs teammate Landon Kaufman has landed at the University of Portland. Elsewhere, Weber Academy's Matt McDonald is going to Chipola College. His teammate Lucas Laukinen is going to Cloud County. Vauxhall's Dimitri Chicago is transferring to Southeast Missouri. Matthew Murray at St. Joseph's in Red Deer is going to Colby, while Ryan Kwasnitsia of AHP Academy has landed at Pratt Community College. As always, if you have news about commitments or any other baseball tidbits you'd like to share with us, make sure to tag us in your social media posts or email us at albertadugoutstories at gmail.com. 
All right, that was a lot of news, so let's get to this week's guest. And the mere mention of Joe Young brings back a lot of memories for baseball scouts and insiders from the early 1990s. The six foot four, 210-pound right-hander made life miserable for men's league athletes in Fort McMurray when he was just 14. In 1991, he won gold with Canada at the World Youth Baseball Championships, a team that featured Jason Dixon and Stubby Clapp, among others. Two years later, Young was taken in the third round of the MLB draft by the Toronto Blue Jays, embarking on a six-year pro career, which included the 1993 and 1994 seasons with the Medicine Hat Blue Jays. He played with and against some of the best young talent who later went on to become MLB stars, including Chris Carpenter, Roy Halladay, and Michael Young, before he retired and came back to the St. Paul area, where he is still involved in baseball and hockey. We sat down earlier this week to talk about his journey, which included a chance encounter with baseball player slash hockey hall of famer Jerome McGinley. Joe, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. You betcha. Hard to believe it's been 30 years since you were drafted by the Toronto Blue Jays. We'll get to that in a minute, but let's start here. Take us back to the very beginning for you. Who got you into baseball in the first place? Well, um, actually, it was uh, I started playing fastball uh, when I first uh, started playing and my grandma and my dad were uh, were my coach, and uh, yes, I got into fastball, played that for a couple of years, and then um, uh, just decided I wanted to try baseball. And uh, yeah, like uh, my my dad, my mom, like all of them were, you know, great influences on me. And uh, yeah, that's where I started. But fastball was where it all began when uh, from the start, anyways. Growing up in that era, it's got to be a little bit different because it's not like you had an all-inclusive sports package to watch baseball all summer long or have access on the internet like you do now. So were you uh, a fan of baseball? Were you watching MLB? Did you have any access or were you kind of like me where it's like, hey, I got some baseball cards and some Sports Illustrated magazines and that's about it as a kid? Yeah, you know what? I, I remember watching games when I was younger and stuff and uh you know, not only baseball, but hockey. I was a huge hockey and baseball guy growing up. And, uh, uh, yeah, I watched Blue Jays games. And, and you know, that's kind of where, where it took off, uh, you know, as I got a little bit older. Um, obviously, watching the Blue Jays was a big influence on what I ended up doing. And, uh, uh, yeah, like whenever there was a game, I was sitting down watching it. That's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm, very cool. The scouts were raving about you right from the get-go as a teenager, was that something that you were aware of as you're growing up, or is that something that you kind of brushed off? Like, yeah, that's nice. I just want to go out and play. Well, when I was, uh, you know, when I was 12, 13, 14, I knew, it, you know, I just wanted to go out and play. Um, I was having a lot of fun, and you know, I was playing uh, minor ball in Fort Mac and playing uh, in the men's senior league as well. So I, so I was playing lots of baseball back then. But kind of when I when I made the national junior team when I was 16. I started kind of, you know, figuring out that uh, things were a little bit more serious than what uh, what they were a few years back from uh, when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Take us back to 1991 and that World Youth Baseball Championship. You go and win gold. What do you remember most about that experience? Oh, man, I remember so much about it. Uh, it, it was just such uh, an unreal cool experience. Um, you know, first of all, from playing in the National Select Tournament in Regina, and I think I only pitched one inning for Team Alberta. I was one of the younger guys on the team, so I don't really think that, you know, they wanted to showcase me that much. They wanted to give the older guys an opportunity. And, uh, you know, luckily with that one inning that I, that I pitched, I, I made the most out of it, and I opened the eyes of the, of the Team Canada brass. And, 
and they invited me along with 40 other guys to Kendersley and made the team out of the, out of there playing college teams and uh it was just so so unbelievable just coming from you know where I had been to uh, you know being a part of the top 40 guys in Canada and then from there um we like I said we played those college teams in Kendersley and then on the Sunday night they're you know they're like go back to your dorms and we'll uh We'll let you know if you made the team or not. And I'm like, well, there's no chance I'm making this team. You know, everybody's a few years older than me and stuff like that. But I did have a, a great few outings against the college teams. And, uh, um, you know, and then they called me in and told me I made the team. And then after that, you know, obviously we went to Brandon. And it was just so different back then because there wasn't cell phones and all that. So, you know, you're trying to find the phone to tell, you know, my parents where I'm going and what I'm doing because you can't communicate like you can now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I went to Brandon, uh, had an absolutely wonderful time. We played the Netherlands, uh, the first two games, uh, I, I, it was, they were exhibition, I believe. And, and I don't think we fared very well, but, uh, you know, I think we, once we started, uh, you know, getting our feet under us and, you know, believing that we could compete at the world level, we started playing a lot better. Very cool, and obviously did pretty well, and also had kind of a, a really good group of guys on that team too. Not just from a, a, a personal perspective, but also from a player perspective. You had Jason Dixon on that team, Stubby Clap was on that team. What was it like looking around? And as you mentioned, you're the younger guy on this team, and looking around at all these these quote unquote vets that are kind of showing you the way. Yeah, um, you, you know what? Like every guy on that team was, uh, you know, just uh, obviously a household name wherever they had played, uh, you know, for whatever prov- province they came from. They were one of the top players there. But, you know, ultimately with, with the relationships that I still have with these guys to this day, um, it shows what kind of people they were back then as well. Because, you know, what, we all got along great. And, uh, you know, we a lot of us still message each other. If we see each other, it's like, uh, you know, we just leave. You know, it's been years since we've seen each other, but it, it doesn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know that I think that was a big, a big reason why we won the worlds that year is because we were such a close knit group. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, getting the accolades after the fact as well. You're a Canadian Baseball Hall of Famer with that team. Talk about the the honor that it is to whether get that kind of recognition or even beyond that is just to represent Canada on the world stage like that. Well, I, I think first and foremost, it's. Uh, it's kind of a, a surreal um, dream when, when you put that jersey on the first time and it has Canada across your chest. It's it's literally unbelievable. I thought, you know, obviously uh, playing for the province and having Alberta there was, was a big honor as well. But when you put that national jersey on, it, uh, you know, it's hard to wipe that smile off your face and you want to play as hard as you can, you know, be as gritty as you can and... and and you, we didn't play, you know, you, you didn't play for getting into the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. We, we went out there and, and we played our butts off and the accolades that came after were, were unbelievable and, uh, you know, something I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. As mentioned, hockey was sort of a, a, I don't even want to call it a second love because it was, it was definitely up there with baseball too. Given that we're in Alberta, given that we're, you know, it's a, it's a hockey first kind of province, was that a tough choice for you trying to pick between the two and figuring out which way you wanted to go? Uh, I, I, yeah, I would say it was up until I got, you know, when I was 17, um, 
you know, I, it's definitely not like it is now where I, I think kids have to make a decision a lot sooner mm-hmm. because of all the, the academies that are out there now and they want you to train all year round and stuff like that. You know, back then I, I would play baseball and when the season was over, I'd go downstairs, grab my hockey gear and head to the rink, you know, like no training for hockey or anything, just get out there and start playing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it. Uh, um, I was on the national team the second year after we won in Brandon and uh Unfortunately, I broke my wrist down in Texas, and uh, I missed that hockey season. So it basically it made my decision very easy, which was, you know, at the end, uh, kind of a blessing, I guess. Mm-hmm. One of the interesting connections between hockey and baseball that you did end up having as you moved down to Edmonton, uh, you ended up playing against Jerome McGinley in baseball. Do you remember facing him? I do, actually. Yeah, I, 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 re- I do remember facing him. Um, and, and what's even like even more ironic is I played against him in the Western Hockey League too. So, right. um, you know, I, I obviously do remember facing him. I can't remember what happened, but people tell me different stories all the time that, you know, he, he got some hits off me and, you know, um, great athlete. So it wouldn't surprise me if he did. Mm-hmm. Fast forward now to 1993. Do you remember how you found out that you had been drafted and maybe where you were? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, very well, actually. I was up in Fort Mac at uh, my mom's house, and uh, um, I, it was pretty well known at that point that I was going to get drafted. It was just a matter of you know what pick and what round. So, like, I had a bunch of TV crews at my place, and <laughs> TSN was there, and uh, and all that because uh, you know back then a Canadian getting drafted was a huge deal. It still is a big deal, but it's more common now than when it was back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it. Uh, that my mom's got the call from Bill Bykowski, who was the Canadian supervisor, and uh, and he had told me, and you know it was uh, you know obviously one of the greatest days of my life, mm-hmm. my life. So that was awesome, especially given that as you mentioned, it's Canada's team, right? Like this is the Toronto Blue Jays who are calling you. What goes through your mind in that moment when you're like, okay, this this dream's now kind of starting to become a reality here? Well, I, um, when, at first when it happened, I was. It was kind of weird because Montreal was back, was playing, mm-hmm. was in the league back then too. So you were kind of, I was hoping, you know, Toronto or Montreal, it didn't matter. But uh, it, it really set in, I think, uh, when Gord Ash came up to Fort McMurray and uh, we sat down and, and they offered me my signing bonus and all that. And I think that's when it kind of hit me. The first few days after I got the call that I got drafted, I was kind of in shock, but we still didn't know what was going to happen, where I was going to go. You know, because we we're so new to it, and we mm-hmm. didn't really have anybody to fall back on to to know what the next steps were, because nobody had really been through it, right? So, mm-hmm. um, once Gordash came up and uh, we got all that stuff ironed out, then uh, you know, then it became a reality, and I was like, "Holy cow, this is going to be a lot of fun." Mm-hmm. As mentioned, this isn't your social media era. This isn't the website era, for example. It's right. not like you got scouting reports on you know kids that are fifteen kind of thing. So. For you, when did you start to notice that there were people sniffing around and asking questions about Joe Young, the ball player? I think it was basically when I moved to Edmonton and played for Confederation Park. Uh, you know, I was very fortunate that uh, that I was, you know, um, able to make that move at such a young age. I think I was 14 or 15. And, uh, you know, it's no different than my son now. He lives in St. Albert, you mm-hmm. know, playing baseball, too, because you, you got to get up and go. You can't stay in a small town, 
right? If you want to do it, you gotta, you gotta make your own way, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, moved to Edmonton and, uh, was luckily to get hooked up with Confederation Park, uh, Little League. And, uh, we had, uh, great teams, very successful years. Went to a couple national championships, won the national senior championship, went to the senior Little League, uh, World Series in Kissimmee, Florida. And that kind of is where, you know, the ball started rolling a little bit where, you know, but you, you got to understand, I came from Fort McMurray. Mm-hmm. So uh, playing up there, um, you know, not saying anything about anybody who was playing at that time, but baseball up there wasn't very big back then. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, so I knew I was pretty good, but I didn't know how good I was. Let's put it that way. For sure. So you start the summer of 1993 in the Gulf Coast League. Then you get the call up for a couple of games in Medicine Hat. You spent the following season there as well. What was it like getting to play closer to home like that? Uh, it was awesome. It was, it was it was a lot of fun. You know, probably more for uh, my family than than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, my fir- when I first got called up to Medicine Hat after I was playing the Gulf Coast League, I had a couple really good starts there. And then uh, the following year was a little bit of a bumpy one for me. So, you know, it wasn't all fun for me <laughs> being in Medicine Hat. Just, you know, being the local kid, you know, from Alberta and... You know, I, I felt like, uh, you know, I should have played a lot better than what I did. And I, I did feel a lot of pressure, but uh, ultimately it was great to be close to home and, and see so many family and friends. Mm-hmm. That second year in Medicine Hat, you also had a, a guy in the passenger seat along with you named Chris Carpenter. Did you know at the time that he would be as good as he turned out to be? Absolutely. Uh, he, he was uh, he was an absolute wrecking machine, that, that guy. Uh um, actually, it was quite funny when he first uh, got drafted. Him and I bonded really quick because uh, he was from New Hampshire and he played uh, he played a lot of hockey growing up mm-hmm. himself, high school hockey. So we had a lot in common, and we went to a ton of Tampa Bay Lightning games together. So uh, we we became pretty close, and then we were fortunate we went to Medicine Hat together. And you know, just uh, just great stuff. You know, good fastball, curveball was off the charts, and and the guy competed like a, like a maniac every day. So. I I knew that uh, you know that that was just a start for him. Mm-hmm. When you think back on your time in Medicine Hat, any favorite moments or memories? Uh, you know what? I, I think my favorite moment was probably uh, my first year when I got called up there, and I pitched. Uh, I think it was the last game of the season at, at Athletic Park, and we had a huge crowd. I think we played Billings. And, uh, and I, I had a great start and I had a ton of family and friends there. And, and that was out of my year and a half there, that was probably the, the best, uh, um, start I had had. And it was great to do it in front of the hometown crowd and my family. For sure. From there, you go on to a six-year pro career, reading an article on you from a while back that you had to really battle hard in 98 specifically, especially when it came to injuries. Uh, on a personal level, how challenging was that year when you look back on it? Oh man, it was it, it was bad. Like I, I think the injuries were the main thing. My shoulder and 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 I just sucked too. Like I was I was not very good. Um, you know, I I could talk about injuries all I want in my shoulder, but you know, I expect I expected a lot out of myself and and especially to compete. Um, that was my main trait is. Uh, is you know I didn't give up. I was a battler, and uh, and I just couldn't do it. And uh, you know, unfortunately, with my shoulder feeling how it was, 
um, you know, I, I was not very good. And I let a lot of people down, which was more uh, disappointing than anything. Mm -hmm. Was it kind of that hockey mentality to a certain extent? Like you're you're kind of taught from a young age, like just battle through an injury. Was that something that was sort of percolating in the back of your mind through some of those injury troubles? Well, I think most of all, I was on the major league. I was on the 40-man roster, and I was just hoping to get through the season and get healthy again. But, uh, you know, I I, I guess what it, you know, and and I didn't really want to, go on the DL or the IL, whatever they call it now, because, you know, it would, uh, it would, I would have taken two steps back when I was so close. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I kind of wish that I would have said something now, but I was so close that I didn't want to. And I was just trying to get through the year. And, uh, unfortunately, um, you know, I was just so bad that, uh, that, you know, after that it was, it was an uphill battle to even, you know, get back in the, to be a top prospect again with them. Mm -hmm. Looking back at that same article, it was Kevin Glue that had written it about a decade or so ago, and he mentioned that you were roommates with Roy Halladay as well. Same question that I had uh, regarding Carpenter. Did you know at the time that he was going to be as good as he turned out to be? Oh, absolutely. Uh, You know, it's funny how when when these guys come in, you get to know them and see their work ethic and and their personality and the drive they have. You you just know automatically how good they're going to be, but then... You know, you just got to watch a side session of them throwing in a bullpen and, and you're just like, wow, like, you know, this guy's going to be this, that, you know, you can project or predict anything, but you know um, how good they're going to be. But, you know, first and foremost, these guys, you know, were battlers and we talked about it all the time because um, I was fortunate enough to live with Doc during Major League Spring Training uh, for, a, for, uh, for a, a season or whatever. And... Um, you know, the, the guy worked as hard as anybody you hear about or whatever. The stories are all true. And, uh, yeah, uh, we knew he was going to be good. And uh, he turned out to be pretty good, I think, eh? Yeah, just a little bit. So when you look back on, on that career playing-wise, we've talked about Carpenter. We've talked about Halliday. Who was sneaky good? Who was, like, that person that made you turn your head and go, oh, that guy's going to be a player? Well, I, I think the, when the Blue Jays traded Michael Young, uh, to Texas, that was that was uh, uh, a, a horrible deal. Let's put it that way, right? I think they got <laughs> Esteban Lo- Loaiza for him, or Loaiza. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and Mike turned out being what we all thought Mike was going to be, right? Like a Texas Ranger Hall of Famer, and and you know, one of the best middle infielders uh, in the game when he was playing. So, um, you know, when Mike was behind you, when he, when we were. When whoever was pitching, you knew you uh, you had a good guy standing there and a guy who could make a play. And you know he wasn't very big back when when he played with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was pretty thin, pretty fragile. But man, did that kid have some talent! You could see it right from the get go. And you had a Absolutely. lot of talent as well yourself. Looking back on that playing career, what are you most proud of? Uh, just that I that you know uh, just the the work that I put in the battle level every time I went out there, I, I was never afraid. And that was the one thing about me is, is like, even when I, you know, got played on the national level, the world level, the pro level, um, nothing, nothing bothered me. I wanted to go out there. I wanted to compete. Um, you know, I, I think, I think guys would say that about me is, uh, I went after guys. I didn't back down and, uh, I truly enjoyed what I did. And, uh, um, you know, it's something that back then not many kids got got to do. It's funny how you say back then; it, it was so mm-hmm. long ago. But 
but uh, you know, I was fortunate. Let's just put it that way, and and I truly enjoyed every minute of it. Mm-hmm. After you retired, you came back home. You're doing some baseball coaching, some hockey coaching. What's it mean to you to be able to give back to the, those two games and and to the communities that you you do it in? Well, I, I think it's huge. I, I think if anybody in my position didn't do that, it would be shame on you, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you get all this knowledge given to you growing up, you know, from great coaches, uh, elite coaches, you know, guys who have been there, done that, you know, all Hall of Fame coaches. I, I think if you don't pass that on, like, it's it's a shame, right? So mm-hmm. um, I love having kids out of my shop here working out, uh, you know, uh, practicing baseball. We get after it in there. And, you know, same with hockey. I played, you know, playing in the dub. I, I learned a lot there. And um, and plus it keeps my competitive juices flowing as well. Um, you know, when you compete at a high level, it's hard to, to let that go. And coaching has brought me back to where, you know, I still feel like I'm competing a little bit, but I'm competing trying to get these kids better. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that means a lot to me. And I hope it means a lot to the kids, which I think it, I think it does. You kind of alluded to it earlier on, and I know you're living in St. Paul now. You mentioned the fact that Fort Max scene has changed quite a bit. You look at the facility they got up there. You look at the, yeah. the, the WCBL team they've got up there. There's a real groundswell yeah. of baseball there. What do you think when you see what's going on up in Fort McMurray right now? I think it's absolutely fantastic. Like Fort McMurray has always been a city that, uh, you know, loved to host things. Uh, you know, um, a, a lot of enthusiastic volunteers you know, stuff like that. But it it, uh, it brings back a lot of memories, especially with Kaysen playing now that when we play for McMurray, you know, knowing that I was a part of that minor ball organization and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, um, I kind of sit back and watch, and, and I'm still I'm still so proud to see, you know, uh, for McMurray doing well at, at, a, at a minor ball level, uh, you know, the community that they are now. And, uh, you know, let's face it, they have world-class facilities now which is, you know, I would have dreamt to have something like that back then. But, <laughs> you know, it's good for the kids, and, and they're developing some good players, which is awesome to see. Mm-hmm. Speaking of your son, you've got that front row seat to the next generation of great ball players like him. He's number two in the 2026 uh, the high school graduation side yeah. of things. He's forging his own path in the game. How exciting is it to watch him develop? Oh, it's it's so much fun. Uh my wife and I, we absolutely love it. We follow him everywhere. Um, you know, I, I talk about, you know, get the juices flowing about me, you know, uh, coaching now and when I played. But when I watch him, it is as nervous as I'll ever be in my entire life, uh, you know, when I played. Uh, it's, it doesn't even come close. I'm almost sick when I'm watching <laughs> him because I'm so, you know, I'm so wrapped up in what he's doing. I'm, I'm there every pitch with him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just... It's uh, it, it's so awesome to be around and and yeah uh, yeah you know he's working hard and having a lot of fun and uh, uh, he didn't he didn't have to choose this uh, you know choose baseball or or whatever because there you know sometimes there's a little bit more pressure on him because of me mm-hmm. which is unfortunate but uh, but yeah he's doing good and and uh, most of all he enjoys it which is uh, great to see. As a parent, was it one of those situations where you try to expose him to as much as possible and let him figure out what he wanted to do, or were you kind of hoping and you know nudging him a little bit, like, "Hey, try this baseball thing"? You know what? No, we didn't have to. We didn't have to say try this baseball thing. I think. Uh, I think him seeing uh, you know some of the pictures of when I played, 
uh, you know, my jerseys when I played. I, I think it was just natural that he wanted to get into it. And, and he started at a very young age. He always played uh, basically a year up here in St. Paul. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then when he started playing AAA in Sherwood Park, uh, things kind of, you know, went from there for him. And then we got, luckily, we got hooked up with AHP out of out of St. Albert. And, and Kaysen has truly enjoyed every minute of it there. Very cool. Great to hear. A couple more for you before we let you go, Joe. Sure. Uh, when you're chatting with those young athletes just starting out on their respective journeys, what's your top piece of advice or words of wisdom you hope to impart on them? To, to, to love what they're doing and to enjoy it. You know, I, I don't, uh, like I tell them when they come into my shop that, you know what, if you don't, if you don't enjoy it, um, you know, this isn't the place for you, but um, have fun, most of all. Hey, let's face it, like, uh, Playing at a high level is ex- extremely hard, and uh, you know not everybody gets to do it. But you can still enjoy the game. You can still love it. You can still compete with your friends. And uh, for me, that that's the biggest thing. Fantastic stuff. And the final one—it's one we ask everyone: What does the game of baseball mean to you? Everything. Uh, it gave me what I have now. Uh, my family is thoroughly involved in it, and uh, it's something that I've done since I was seven years old and i will do till the day i die so yeah like it's uh it's something that has given uh, given us a lot and uh given everybody around me a lot as well so um truly love it and you've given us a lot as well joe really appreciate waxing a little nostalgic with you and chatting about your baseball journey congratulations on all the success you had to this point continued success in the in the new coaching roles and more and uh, thanks again for joining us here on the podcast thanks so much i truly appreciate it Thanks again to Joe Young for joining us this week, and thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. If you haven't already, leave us a rating and review to help spread the word about ADS. We'd also like to tip our caps to our platinum supporters, the Oaktokes Dogs and AHB Academy, for their generosity and all they do for us and for baseball in Alberta. For more on our great partners, head to albertadugoutstories.com slash supporters. Until next time, thank you for all of your support online, on social, and on air of Alberta Dugout Stories.